Welcome to From Dream to Silver Screen, the podcast that follows the whole journey of making Wagyu Films' debut movie, Patriarch. The team are going to take you through acquiring funding, pre-production, filming, editing, visual effects, and even selling the film, all while providing hours of advice for filmmakers, actors, and crew, with hopefully a few laughs along the way. This podcast is sponsored by Zimplify, sales and marketing automation software that helps your business grow fast. Go to Zimplify.com forward slash Patriarch to get 20% off your first three months. That's Z-Y-M-P-L-I-F-Y dot com forward slash Patriarch. We're also sponsored by Mostly T-Shirts Mostly dot com. Fun and random T-Shirts and hoodies for real film fans. See if you can get the references. Visit Mostly T-Shirts Mostly dot com to buy your next favorite T-Shirt. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Dave, the uh, director and writer of Patriarch. It's, today is just me and Scott Bishop, the visual, <laughs> the visual effects supervisor in post-production. Hi there. Uh, me and Scott are going to talk about the realities of um, getting funding for your film. Because yes. this is a seems a bit, because you were saying before, Scott, weren't you, where... Nobody seems to think about that much. Just turns well, I've got a great idea, and I've got on this. It's book. the last thing you think about, really, in terms when you come up with a, a script idea or a film. You've, you've done things in the past, and the last thing you ever think about is how am I going to pay for this? <laughs> yeah, no. The, the thing is always, well, somebody will pay for this. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like YouTube. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some kind of realities you need to go into, what you need to prepare, what to expect. How not to be over... Realistic, r- Realistic, yeah. that's the word. Well, I'll start with have a budget which is an ap- at an absolute minimum. So first of all, you kind of... Most investors, so if it's like public um, funding places, like in the UK, you've got BFI, or if you're in Wales, there's Film Cymru, if you're building like the Screen Liverpool and things like that. When they ask for that, they want a proper budget. They don't just kind of want people who say, I think this is going to be a three million budget. Um, I've never made any films before. Uh, I don't have it. It's, and it's like, why do you want exactly three million? So they want a breakdown of everything that you want. They don't just want um, a, an estimate or just a number. They need to have a breakdown, um, which we keep saying again and again, you need to treat your film like as if you're starting a business. Yeah. So you know where all your costs are. Um, and the more you look into it, because the more you think, oh, I can do this film for like 50 grand or something, I'll just get some public... I warn you that when we were putting our budget together, there were things like catering was nine grand, uh, ho- hotels and per diem. Per diem is that you've got to give people like 50 quid for if cash to go if it, yeah. that evening or something if they're away from home. Um, I think just... Hotels and that was coming to around twenty three grand, and this is for a small, what are there, five or six characters in the yeah. cast. So when you were when you were writing Patriarch, then did you have a budget in mind, or were you just working to uh, a creative idea that you wanted to attain? No, so I'm not a big fan of. Do you know you always hear people say, just write your script, just write your script, write, forget about budget, yeah, forget yeah, about yeah. the idea and all that. Just write your, the story that you wanted to tell. But I think that's fine if you want to sell a script. Yeah. Like we always said, we're going into page, or are we going to make this thing? Yeah, yeah, that's so, a definitely good point, actually. Yeah, so when it was going, um, if you, so if you actually want to make it yourself, write it as if you need to make So, for example, 
I remember the guys that was taking the piss out of me because it was like, why is it taking so long to do and things like that? And how come you've done 9,622 9, drafts of it? <laughs> because I, I'd write it and then you'll see um, uh, these two guys having a conversation because it starts off, like Patriarch basically, it was this huge, it was kind of like there's a quarantine zone, so there's lots of outdoor type shots. And then there's a kind of this military facility, which is kind of, uh, what's the word, supervising or keeping an eye on security of the quarantine zone. Yeah. So that was a huge facility at first and blah, blah, blah. And, and like people meeting in reception as people come in. There's lots. But they kind of got to the point where there was like, does that have to be in two different? Could we just have, like now you're just having an operations, an in, uh, operations room where everybody's watching in on all these screens of what's happening. Um, and then... Uh, there's an interrogation room and it's mainly in hallways and things like that. But as you're writing it, when I go through it again, it's kind of like, you know, interior, meeting room, having a conversation in the meeting. You're just kind of like, could they just do that in the operations room as well? It doesn't make any difference. You can maybe change the lighting or it's later on in the day or something like that. Because then you think, if you're not filming in exactly the same place, that's a day of filming just to do that meeting thing. But if we do it in the operations room, we could do it in a morning before we do an operations thing, a different scene from the operations room in the afternoon. That's why I kind of take it. So it was kind of, uh, I remember me and you working on the script a little bit was kind of right at the beginning. There was kind of, uh, there's a character called Colonel Peterson and there's kind of, there's another person and, and, and well, couldn't that just, could Peterson just say what that guy's saying? Yeah, there's just yeah, like yeah. one line people who come up and so say. So cutting down as characters. many characters as you can. So it was cutting down locations. It was cutting down characters. Because yeah. I remember the first, the first draft uh, you ever did, and we had that kind of sit down, we had the music playing in the background yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, we're all excited. Afterwards, this is great. How are you going to do that bit? Like, <laughs> can you remember the, the, there was that whole section where it was Dr. Anders doing like a speech. It's very much like that kind of TED talk they did with uh, yeah. Guy Pearce in, for Prometheus and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. It's like, that's a fantastic, it really kind of sets the scene. But where are you going to do that? <laughs> where, do you, have any, do you have any idea how many audience members there are? I know we could do that in post and stuff, but how are you going to do yeah, that? Yeah, so, so we, then you start thinking of, we we did have it as a full speech at first in a TED Talk type auditorium with lots yeah. of, so then you're thinking, oh Christ, we're going to have to pay for extras and things like that. And now that speech is somebody watching the speech on screen. So the guy, so it's just Dr. Anders on a stage yeah. where the camera filmed him as if it's like a TED Talk, but you never cut away to the audience. So there's little things like that where we got the same effect, but we didn't have to do it. I remember because then you got to put your director or producer hat on once you once you start looking through the script. Like what we're doing at the moment from your post production visual effects side is I may have written all this stuff, but it's even How are looking, you looking through it. Looking <laughs> through it. That, again, that was another thing because when you first did that first script, do you remember the the end scene with somebody? But this isn't going to happen. Yeah, and then there were certain things coming from the sky downwards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then in my mind, I saw this beautiful scene that was proper Hollywood budget, <laughs> yeah. real film kind of quality. And I was thinking, how am I going to? Yeah, so that's it. so that's it. So it's kind of well, you've got to look through it and look what's going to be practical and what's going to be visual effects as yeah, well, yeah. doesn't it? So in a weird way, for us, visual effects is actually the cheaper way because we're a production company with, with yourself on full payroll and post-production facilities in-house. For other people who've got to get an agency to do it, it's cheaper to do practical, you know? But we're going to try and do everything practical that we can where visual effects is very much... But it's the, 
it's just going through it again going do you need that do, does it affect the story at all or are we just going yeah that'll be cool yeah do you know what i mean um and and that's what a lot of people don't do when they're writing a script they they're too busy they are getting your idea and your story but at the end of the day do you want to make it or not yeah. you know so, do you remember when sorry i was going to say do you remember when um and when we had the character of this Colonel Peterson guy, and you you were saying like, when I read in this, this actually feels like he changes character too much halfway yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were saying right, he needs to have another character who's a bit kind of meaner and should take all of those ones where he's got angry and say they should have this other character which we've, we wrote and called uh, what's the name Major Lynch. And uh, I just remember you saying, I was like, Scott, that's going to cost us a few grand. Because you were complete, yeah. you were completely right because he needed like a tough tougher person because if you've got like basically peterson's under stress the whole time isn't he and mm -hmm. as things start to go wrong um he's under a load of pressure and things and needed this other guy to be the kind of trying to uh like overly aggressive and things like that to the to the main character which you're completely right definitely needed that person but that was my i'd already put my producer hat on by the time that we got Can't to that it. it's kind of like hey, that's gonna be a photo that's about five. <laughs> you're thousands of pounds just for this extra ten lines you freaking want in there. But it, but it was right. But that is where that was. That's money well spent because that's yeah. actually helps the story. Helps the it? story. There's a point to it. It's not just oh that would be interesting. It actually stops people going. Oh, this Peterson's not exactly a well fleshed out character. Or he's he why is he why is he keep explaining things? We did need another person to do it. Yeah. So but we did that afterwards rather than writing it. I think that's a good point to make. I was just thinking, just from like from the kind of perspective of someone who hasn't written the story, yeah. I was thinking that the, the actual story kind of works well on different kind of budget levels because mm -hmm. there's a way of you could you could work to this to like a, a really kind of minimalistic budget where yeah. you could just possibly you could cut a whole couple of scenes and then just stick to if you want to do like a short version, you know, yeah. you've just got those kind of interview scenes and we throw in a bit. of few extras and mm -hmm. exteriors and stuff like that which could work well then you've got your kind of mid-level budget which has got everything the story everything that kind of tells the story to the the level that you want but then i think that if you were given more money or more kind of um oh, what's the word you've got access to so many other kind of departments where you can right, make right. A, a, a proper Hollywood film out of it, where there's so much more kind of visual effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more extras walking around the scene. We can, you know, they could get like a proper set built up in a warehouse and things like that. So from your point of view, did you think of, right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a budget of where I want it to be realistically. Then I've got the, the worst case scenario, but here's what happens if I... I think, yeah, so I think I wrote it in terms of... I did write it in terms of, right, we need to make this, but one thing I wasn't really completely... Uh, I'll keep the budget on that, was kind of set dressing. and what, So I say, take, for example, the operations room. Mm -hmm. So some people think an operations room in terms of, like, is like a headquarters or it looks like NASA when they're kind of, you know, millions of huge screens and... Or, you know, it looks like the freaking bridge of the Enterprise or something yeah, yeah. like that. So that bit comes down to um, uh, just doing research in terms of films where they got the same point, but could that be done looking cheaply? Mm -hmm. So for an example, I got from Sicario, I think Sicario is a Soldado, the, the sequel to Sicario. They have this really cool setup, which is like four huge screens, which we can hire for a few hundred quid. Um, with a couple of setups. So it, it, the whole point of it, it's supposed to look like it's kind of been set up, mm -hmm. but the rest of the room is dark and they're just lit by these huge screens. 
so you can't really see the edges of the room you can't see the roof of the room you can't really see the floor of it it's just really lit beautifully and atmospherically and but if you really look at it it's all they've done is hired some screens and there's a compute couple of like analysts on a couple of computer mo- so i was thinking oh well that we could, we'll do it like that you know so it's kind of uh, there was a certain aspect of I'll keep it down I, and I tried to use words in the description as well of saying it looks a bit like because this is whole it's all happening after this huge incident at some scientific facility which is a bit like a Chernobyl type yeah. um, accident um, so I was trying to say how oh, seven years have gone by and actually the Ministry of Defence are kind of like they probably pumped a bit of money into it I feel like the year afterwards but after nothing has happened for seven years, the budget's kind of going a little bit. So it's not a state-of-the-art facility. So I was trying to hammer that home. Like, I think there's a couple of lines which somebody tries to lock the place down, but I think they say, well, this isn't this isn't a combat installation. This is administration or something yeah. like that. So it gives you a sense of um, it's not fancy. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. simply looking at other production design, which is... Um, things like the sequel to Sicario, which is, I think it's the Day of the Dead, whatever it's called. But there's just one scene where Josh Brolin, is that they're, watching, they're watching satellite images on these four huge screens, and the room is just dominated by the screens. So you don't see much else, because mm-hmm. they're kind of sat on an analyst's desks watching it. And I was thinking, perfect, exactly like that. So I think you've got to try and think as much in your head in terms of what you need in that room. So we need kind of four big screens, because they're watching a satellite, they're watching a map, they're watching like heat signatures of somebody in this quarantine zone. Um, okay, need be, so what else has to be in the rest of the room? And like, not really, just a couple of analysts kind of keeping an eye on some data and Peterson and Lynch and stuff at the back and they have conversations in front of the screen mm-hmm. as they're kind of watching CCTV of the interrogation and also, so that's all it needs and it actually looks really cool as well. So if you can find cheap and looks awesome yeah. and it kind of looks practical as well in terms of kind of like maybe somebody set it up quickly but they never changed it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um things like that that's how I wrote it so it's kind of it was mainly when I was writing it was keep locations to a minimum does this need to be in a different room could it just be in the same room or in the same conversation in the hallway later um, and keep characters to a minimum and then I went to minimum until kind of like we had a chat and said maybe we should yeah. add an extra guy uh, but what I didn't really keep in mind was set design and production design mm-hmm. I tried to as best as I could um, but then it's kind of then it start looking at Getting concept images and and, and and find what's the word when you find other what have other people inspiration done? And inspiration stuff like, yeah. and stuff like that. So you can say what looks good, practical, but it's cost effective, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's the trick. So it, mainly when you're writing, it, I just say that it's hard to do that. Uh, just keep locations and characters to a minimum. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Because you could always have one the same location, but it's day or, or night. Yeah. Um, Shoot from it, a different angle. That, exactly. So. Um, so that's the best way of doing it. But it's kind of like, that's, that's the first point is w- when you're writing it, make sure that you actually, do you need everything that you're saying inside? If you want to make it, if you want to sell a script, that's a different thing altogether. But if you want to be, if, if you want to make the film and produce it, do the absolute minimum. So you need to do the budget with your absolute minimum. So with us, we put a budget together for our funders and it was all kind of like, I, th- I think the budget is going to end up being a couple of million, but it's it's our budget was something like four hundred thousand. Like th- this money will will let us film it, but with absolutely zero wiggle room or breathing yeah. room. So how we've done it is uh, we got that that real minimum 
with private investment, and then we start getting more, haven't we, with like public investment and things like that, until you start building a building, and as investors come in, they start, they know other investors, so yeah, they yeah. start doing it. So it's basically secure the absolute minimum you need, because that means you can film it as soon as you can do it, and then try and keep adding, because yeah, it's expect the more money you can do, the better for breathing, because even things like we put a budget together, but we've included things as best we can in the set decoration, but there's bound to be a couple of friggin' hundred quid here, hundred quid yeah, there, definitely. rather than the big expenses. It's the ones where the hundred quid here, hundred quid there, they, they're the ones that add up and you'll be surprised when you think of, but I think the point was, yeah, you just got to put, put a, a professional budget together. You want to use something called movie make, no movie magic, I think is a kind of like the industry standard where a lot of, investors or public investors actually say no 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 we're not going to take your budget unless it's produced on that software yeah and we were looking at the software and the software is like a thousand pounds or couple more you know two thousand dollars or something and um so for most people we were like how, how are they supposed to do that and we did phone them and talk to them and say like look are we gonna have to spend two grand on a freaking software just to apply and they were kind of like no we need to there's bits you can do and there's everything like that and we kind of met in the middle and bought one called Gorilla budgeting, which is about 500 quid, mm-hmm. well, not a few hundred quid, um, but still it's too expensive for some filmmakers. I think the, what they don't want is just Excel spreadsheets. But I think if that's all you've got, at least you can, at least, don't let me put you off. It's at the end of the day, if you can go to them with spreadsheets with an accurate breakdown of, they call it three different sides. You have the top sheet, which is kind of like the, all the like departments that and how much so like yeah. casting is going to cost this so much post production is going to cost this so you're not getting into the grit nicky gritty and that's how most people will look at it then you have a sheet below it which is kind of going into more detail and then a sheet below that which is every single expense you've got if you can put those into three excel spreadsheets you should be fine at least they'll nudge you in the right direction if, if, if from private investors they'll be fine with that i've only found with public event like the bfi and things like that they're like ideally we'd like it in uh, movie magic if you don't mind yeah I think there's a little tactic in there of kind of like oh prove you're serious if you can afford the software which is harsh on like smaller projects but sorry or some sort of affiliate scheme going on maybe well. yeah, you yeah. never know yeah because they do only say that software they yeah. don't go well to be fair I think they say an industry standard or industry leading yeah. like movie magic but um, I think if, you, if you're starting off does the the software kind of help you build up that kind of budget so it doesn't make there will be bits and pieces that you haven't thought about in terms of like doing the top sheet and I things think they like have that. templates and stuff in it but yeah. we we didn't use them when me and Keith were doing it and um, it's no it's the thing is you, you do a budget and you're like oh it's not so bad and then you remember oh there's hotels and then oh it's yeah, yeah. catering uh, insurance how much for that Christ insurance is how much legal you have to you have to pay a, you have to pay for a proper film you've got to pay a solicitor for all the actors are going to have agreements and contracts your other investors are going to have a contract um your other all your crew are going to have contracts your distribution company or sales agent you have to do it so you have to put a fair few i'd say at least five grand in there just for covering contracts and things like that you could get away save some you can save some money which we've done a little bit as well Save some money where find a template of a contract for like an actor, say, mm-hmm. and then just pay a solicitor to double check what you've done is legally binding. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah. if, if you go to a, a solicitor to write a contract from scratch, word from word, that's going to cost you a few grand. But if you write it, get a template, write it as best you can, 
and then set, they might just charge you for a couple of hours. It might be a few hundred quid rather than actually um, thousands. You know what mm. I mean? But it's it's, it's all this because we just from us being production background, it's just like right, we've got the cameras, we've got the actors, we've got the post production, and then you start thinking. Oh, insurance. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then you've got getting to, permission for locations and things. Permission, like that. yeah. yeah. So, so um, that was actually part of the writing of the script as well. In terms of, I was trying to think of locations which wouldn't cost as low. Yeah, yeah. As well. So as ones with hallways and blah 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 blah. If you try, what heads up? If you ever got any scenes with hallways with no windows in them, that is really hard to find without having to spend thousands of pounds per day to rent the place. Yeah. Because usually you can get to. Like we wanted long corridors of zero windows, and it's, it's hard to find. It's like, unless it's somewhere like yeah, you can use it for a couple of thousand pounds, two hundred a day. But if you want something for a couple hundred quid, or it's really hard because we wanted to turn the lights off and it went dark in a hall where most hallways, if you notice, have got a window in it. And uh, they're normally like official buildings, aren't they? So like yeah. uh, hospitals and things but, like yeah, that. Yeah, universities. Even if they've got like abandoned buildings, they've always got like site security that's you know being paid by the owners yeah, the we, who won't let you go in. Yeah, and, and we're having a bit of a nightmare with this other film we're doing, aren't we? Which is kind of like a horror anthology, which is kind of we we love loads of abandoned places because every film's in these freaking abandoned places, and you're like they must be easy to find. Yeah. But the fact is, because of health and safety, nobody will let you on the fucking site. Yeah. Um. So never because they'll be like, yeah, it's not even a, a matter of price. It's just the fact that nobody will let you on there because health and safety in this day and age is so strict. But, you know, heads up if, you, if, you just, if you've got a good place which is abandoned, that's cool. But anyway, yeah, so sorry, that was my first point of pretty much if you can, you need to have in budget an absolute minimum and then put a budget in a professional budget in software like Gorilla Budgeting is what we use, uh, Movie Magic. Or if you can, if you only got Excel to do spreadsheets of it, Make sure you do kind of a top level of like a summary of your budget. Another one which is kind of like the ins and outs, and you should be all right. I think uh, I don't think they'll turn you away, but I think you'll get the old oh. And, and yeah, uh, sometimes you want to take you seriously. Yeah. We're not saying download it from anywhere for free. <laughs> not saying that we don't. We honestly don't. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> but, Google it. But that doesn't mean you can't. If you know what I'm saying. Um, right. So yeah, my next point really was. Um, See if you right, so you can either try and cast it, have somebody an actor already set up, um, because that makes it life a lot easier. Because they don't ask who's going to do it, who's going to direct it, who's going to film it, who's going to be your your art director. It's who's going to be in it. So obviously, it's, tr- it's tricky to get hold of um, uh, actors through their agents, especially if you're if you're not known. You might have the best script in the world, but they won't actually go through to them. But um, what? What we found is put some money together. One of your first things of if you're rounding up some money yourself, find a good casting director because then they can put cast in place before you actually get funding. Because what they do is they get things called letters of in- intent. Is it that the, 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 an actor basically comes back and says, uh, "Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, if you if you get budget for this, I will do it." Um, but Agents will often only talk to a casting director. So if you call up going, I'm a producer on the film and, and you've never heard of me, they'll be like, all right, mate, yeah, uh, we, we weren't available at that time. Uh, we've had that before where we've tried it. You know, eh, let's, let's, let's try not using the cast. And then they just, I, I had one agent go, when's the film? I was like, uh, January. 
yeah, it's not available. And I was like, okay, well, for the right person, we could move the shoot for a month or something. Yeah, he's unavailable in February as well. Do you know that? Kind of, uh, when is he available? He's unavailable, uh, he's unavailable at that. <laughs> uh, so, um, so it's money towards the casting director is money well spent. So, for yeah, example, yeah. I know people who the casting director didn't do much, but they knew a well-known actor. So when it came to them actually turning around and just agreeing to do a film, a script got straight into their hands. The hardest thing is just getting a script into the hand of an actor. So the only way you can do that is with a casting director. Even if the casting director isn't well-known, if somebody just calls an agency going, hi, I'm a casting director for a new film, yeah. we've got this rollover, and we're interesting in such and such, are they available? Um, and I would say a mistake is to go all in with what you want. So are they available in this month? We're willing to pay this month, but it's just ask them, uh, we're interested, are they available that time? If and it just saves you a lot of faff in. So when they come back and they'll either just say no, they're not available, which usually means that they're not interested in any of the projects, never mind yours. And if they come back going, yes, they're available in January, send us the script, and then the agent will probably glance at the script and then they'll say, oh no, she said no. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but sorry. Just in terms of getting a casting director, that's adding another kind of level of knowledge into your, into your production as well. Yeah. So there can, like our casting director has done, you know, she's helped out in terms of the script ideas of, yes, she did. You know, she was thinking about, well, does it have to be, does it have to be male? Does it have to be female? Yeah. You know? yeah the lead character originally was male and she just went, that'd be so much more interesting if this yeah. was a woman. It's just because it could come across as a, as a, uh, just a, a run of the mill because it's not an action film but she starts off slow and towards the end it kind of builds up in terms of getting stuff done but if it's a woman and she's more like Ripley do you know like you want an Ellen Ripley wouldn't that be more interesting than just another bloke like, yeah, yeah yeah it would be actually and she actually and little things as well she was saying you realise actors have got to say all this stuff do you know because yeah. mine is pages and pages of <laughs> monologues and is all because it's minimum locations. It's all dialogue. Yeah. So she's like, kind of like. So it did make me have a little look to see what could be chopped out. In yeah. all honesty. And there's also that kind of element of, um, you know, if you if you've got like kind of specific actor you have in mind, mm -hmm. where she kind of helped out with, you know, they're not going to do ten days with you. You won't be able to afford their kind yeah, of price. Yeah. But if you gave them that specific role that's only got like a day a day shoot. Yeah. You're they're, more than well, you're, they're more than we all likely see, be able to. We all see sh um, actors pop up in weird short films. That are like, yeah, how, yeah. how the hell did they get here or him? Or, um, because actors want to act, but end of the, it's still hard to get. You probably think half the time somebody knows somebody in that situation because yeah. how the hell did they get it through to an actor? But sometimes actors do tell their agent, look, if there's a good project, which is one or two days, I'll, I'll consider it. There's, in between the big payday jobs, if there's a little faffy thing, like occasionally you see a big actor in like a little music video and stuff like that. Um, so it happens. It's not an end of the world, but it's the, it's how you approach them. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of say, so your casting director's helped you with your script a little bit. It tells you, they'll give you some reality checks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, now she's out of your, a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of a term, uh, our casting director left to us, was because uh, we're still in the middle of casting. So we'll announce some hopefully in the next month or so. Um, but you obviously put a bit of a wish list together, and her term was, "Yeah, you've lost, you've lost him to America. You've yeah. lost her to America." Because they all, because we kind of, we're paying well, but not well, well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good way, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, 
so in terms of things like we want we need British actors, but it's pointless going to British actors who live in LA or yeah. New York because we're going to have to pay for their transport plane over it and then play yeah. their f- probably first class you're gonna yeah, have to yeah, do yeah. and you kind of think that's kind of how much we were gonna pay <laughs> <laughs> so it's um it's always got to the point where we found the actors that are kind of well known in america or at least you know you've seen them in things uh, that american audiences would have seen them um but they still live in london or something like that yeah yeah um a real good tip actually is find actors who have I've say, say London, or even if you listen to America, actors who are well known, but they don't live in New York or LA or London. Like there's one, an example of, of, of a woman that we're uh, talking to. Um, she used to live in London, so her mortgage was ridiculous. So, you know, and then so she went, and now I think she moved to somewhere just outside Manchester. Yeah. Because that's where she's originally from. And, uh, but her mortgage is half the price. So she can do those little theatre jobs she always wanted to do, but she always had to turn down because she needed the payday. Yeah. So now she can do those little jobs, which means she'll do little films. If it's, a, as you said yourself, a couple of days here and there. Yeah. Why not do it? And there's that point of, you know, if we're shooting up around the north and around, you know, yeah. North Wales and things like that, the distance is like far shorter than going down to, say, London and things like that. Yeah. So then they've got that point of, you know, she can do um, just a... a a day shoot and then go back to her family put her kids to sleep yeah she, she could go home and she can if, have a life she, outside yeah. of that not just stuck in a, in a trailer down in london or something yeah that's it yeah so she doesn't have to get any hotels if it's close enough where she mm. could get up early, if she guarantees that i'll get up early and i'll um a big thing as well is a lot of people forget about actors is um they're always filming away from their family so like blade runner was filmed in hungary this, this, I, was, I was watching I was some BBC show which was all filmed in Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic now sorry for how old am I <laughs> just aged myself uh, uh, um, and so they're always away from their families and things like that so what we're trying to do in our film is not film on weekends so we can say look we're not paying you 10 million quid but Apart from the fact that you're going to be appreciated and treated with respect, which you'll be surprised there's a lot of actors, especially female actors, are not getting that right now. So the fact that they can trust people and feel... Plus, it's, an, it's a role that maybe they've never done before. Our main... Uh, our lead was only needed for 15 days of filming. So it's not months and months and months. So she could squeeze, squeeze that in between a couple of bigger projects. Um, and then you start thinking, plus you'll be able to go home and see your kids on, yeah. on Saturday and Sunday. Or you can, as I say, if you live near enough, you could just get up early and drive in and still go home. And it's, it's, You'd probably think, no, because there's long hours on shoot, so they might be so knackered that they just want to go in the hotel. But they'll at least know in four it's days' the option, time, isn't it? I, can go, I can see my kids again. Yeah. And people don't think that about actors because they're like, they're like a travelling circus. Yeah. They're, they're, they're go, people too. <laughs> yeah. But it's... I did, but... but Going back to the expertise of the casting director, I never, sounds weird, I never even thought of that. No, so yeah, she yeah. just went, a big thing right now is people being able to take jobs they can spend with their family. So if you, so some big actors might go, I'm frigging sick of filming in, I'm always filming in Spain or something. Or, just, or they've just done, you know, say it's Game of Thrones and they've just spent six months in Iceland. Do you know what I mean? Like, like um, which they probably loved that shoot, but they missed their fact. Let's do this shoot for 15 days. I get to see my kids at the weekend, yeah. Monday to Friday. Awesome, let's do it. It's just even without reading the script, you've gone, well, if this script's good, do you know what I mean? And that's made their decision. So, But yeah, so 
a casting director is a really good piece of yeah. advice. So you'll be surprised. Some some big, no, I wouldn't say go for big casting directors, but some casting directors are willing to help the little guy the little a, little, guys, yeah. a little bit because they want to diversify and meet their job as well. Casting directors to meet young up 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 and comers, mm-hmm. you know, because um, they need to know the talent to actually suggest to the bigger people, and they want to know young up and coming filmmakers because if they get there's that little job, and then say they work with us and we become the next. You know, whatever. <laughs> so, well, but, but well, it's different with ours because ours is actually is a reasonably big sized film. But if you're like a little guy, it's just she might think the idea is great work, and then that guy goes on to be the next Spielberg. She'll be his casting director for mm-hmm. life, and she. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you got to think of that as well. So make sure they work well to the budget that you kind of have. Yeah, you can do things like we pay thousands of pounds, obviously, to to cast the whole film, but you could get them a few hundred quid just for like a day just to consult and help you and maybe nudge you in the right direction but I'd really recommend that at least so when you put on an application to somebody for funding you can say this is our casting director she will help us find a recognisable face so you the investor can sell it easier because that's all I think anyone who can I recognise because I have to go sell that to a distributor and it's hard to do it without people that you recognise and the next one and the biggest one which kind of sounds obvious but nobody does it is have the right the reason why we were chosen by different investors were, was because of how prepared we were. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you wound me up before saying how easy it's been. But, it, but it's because the months and months and years <laughs> before, before we started applying. If we, because, um, basically, so we went into it, we've storyboarded the whole film, like, shot for shot, even if we don't use all those shots and there's too much, but it's the whole film's there. Most people don't do that. And that took weeks obviously yeah um we uh we put a full info pack together which really sold the film so it's kind of like a bible of uh example of imagery so we got some storyboard images like casting ideas um inspiration so people can see the type of film in terms of tone the type of film in terms of visuals um there's loads of details of who we are and who we work because this is our debut film but we have worked on thousands of commercials so we 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 understand t- you know time pressure shoots and dealing with people and dealing with budgets and things like that where some people might have done two feature films but they haven't done anywhere near as much as us in terms of experience and juggling um roles and things like that we also explain how we've got a team so you always need to go in with a team you should never say i am a director going to do this film give me 5 million quid and then i'll go find a team to do it yeah you need to go in going okay this is going to be my director of photography this is going to be the person taking care of post-production this is the sound team this is my casting director such and such because the, all they want they don't want to do the job for you is why because 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 we obviously went rounds the first kind of round we did applying for people it was kind of like yeah maybe you should do this that and the other and um uh also you need to in that info pack there was uh the budget, obviously, in terms of how we're going to make that budget back, you know. So we tried to thought of some business ideas of even if it doesn't get a huge uh, cinema release, how can we still make some money back? Because um, a lot of people forget about that bit. And so people could look at it and say, right, this is good to go. I just need to give them the money and they can do it. Obviously, they probably need a third party producer. They probably need some help here and there. But this guy said, but if you just go, I've got this brilliant idea and I'm an old tour and they want to see a team coming. So if you have a team plus info pack, script, storyboard, everything, it, what else, I suppose is ask yourself, what else can you do to prove that this film is good to go if you just give us the money? Yeah. It's like going back to that 
statement of you know treating it like a business yeah it's it's you know going to a bank you need to have a huge business plan you need to know where you know the forecasts of where your business is going to go in the next yeah. five years banks aren't just going to give you know money to a guy who says you know i've got this great idea <laughs> this machine that's going to do such and such for you it's going to be fantastic it's going to make millions yeah but it's they the laugh out of the room There's, yeah exactly um but even things like say the bfi i think which is Anything which is kind of like public funding to get to for you, or well, na- natural. The UK is really great for national lottery funding for films, but people think that that's just money they give away. No, they'll ask you how are you going to make your money back because we're going to have some equity in this. So it's not just like they give you money and then the lottery gives them more money to replace it. It's like no, no, no. The lottery gave them a bunch of money in the first place, and since then the profits of the first. It's a it's a very small equity they ask for, but it's still some equity yeah. in your film. I don't know what equity means. It's just a percentage of the Google it. The, the percentage of the money that comes into the business. They're going to want a bit. Some of them wanted just to uh, pay themselves back. Yeah. Some might be just like paying themselves back plus something. Other ones might just be. I'm pulling a number out, but ten percent of all profits or something yeah. like that. So, even if it's technically like a, a film fund, they still want to know how are you going to sell it. When you're going to oh, you're going to have who in it. This is a story about a, a what it, they. It's, does this have a com- is this a commercial idea? Because every director, or, you know, artist director, they have this idea of a coming of age story between a boy and his his pet pig and how they find each other. And you know, it's it's okay. How am I going to sell that? That they're, they're thinking the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who work in these funds. I've noticed used to be working in like distribution companies, yeah, and, yeah. and or they were sales agents or they were producers themselves. So they don't they are, they are, they do want. Especially with the public said they want lots of things like diversity and they want to show like ideas that are probably struggling to be filmed privately. But they'll still be like, okay, but are we going to make our money back, mate? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it's, it's people forget about that. It's great to know that you're going to be living your dream, but yeah. I need my money. <laughs> yeah. But so, there's another thing to kind of add into the whole pack to kind of show to investors that you're serious and that the you know, idea is kind of strong is producing that concept trailer. Yeah. I can remember doing that. It's even if you haven't filmed anything. You can go out and get stock footage like you know, like you did with um, with ours, and it was yeah. what a minute long, and it kind of shows ten, shows the idea that you're looking at. It shows the mood. It was like an edit of a load of other films kind of thrown yeah. together and things like that. I mean, you can if you go on YouTube, you can see a load of different people's com- like uh, Joe Carnahan. What's his name? Yeah, he, he did. The, he did uh, a really cool sizzle. We call him sizzle, sizzle reel, reel or yeah. concept trailer for. He was going to do Daredevil. Daredevil. But he, he was going to. Do it in the seventies. So he did the sizzle wheel with cut with the Daredevil film, cut with things like Taxi Driver, yeah. and I think it was kind of you know like the Joker is. Do you know how that's kind of like Taxi Driver era? Yeah. I think he had that idea at first. He was going to do it with Daredevil, and it's really cool. But it's just it's like I think Taxi the Warriors. You know, like yeah, and you dig yeah, yeah. it, and, all. and that's, that's that's really cool. So it gives you a sense of the tone he's going to do. Um, so we definitely do that if you can, because that means you don't have to film much. It might mean some stock photography, stock imagery here and there, but you can use old films. And you do need to have some films behind you, even if they're just short films, because we yeah, have yeah. all the commit. We've got, as I say, we worked on thousands of commercials, but film investors aren't interested. They're interested to know, like, great, you've got the experience, but what's the? Fil-? So we have had to do a couple of shorts, like, and. We did make sure we got a show called Embers, which is kind of a concept trailer for Patriarch in a way. It's not yeah, Because really, yeah. you show you the kind of costumes and the style, but it proves that we can make it. And we made that ourselves off our own back. Um, and there's always like, you know, you always get 
filmmakers giving that advice of just go and make it. Just go and make. You've got no excuse, and it's hard because you've got to. Ra- just get a load of your mates and do it. But it's like, yeah, but your ma- mates, they still might want to be paid, or they've got families, or they've got you know they're busy, they've got jobs, and it's not that easy. But if you can do something, it, you've got to. You do have to have. If you've got zero behind you, no, you no even if you're asking for fifty grand, fifty grand, nobody's going to do. It. So you've got to film some. People will forgive bad. You don't have to have the best cameras in the world and things like that, but uh, you gotta have something. That was that was our that was one of the things we needed to show straight away. So as soon as we've got all this experience of thousands of thousands of commercials, we've got all the gear, we've got a production house ourselves, and blah 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 blah. But they just I go, I don't care if you've worked with Jaguar, do you know? What you yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what films have you done? So we had to make sure we do that. So you should as well. And going back to the whole thing of me saying how easy it was. I didn't mean it like that. What I meant <laughs> was how fast it's kind of happened. Yeah, it, it, because assumed, we assumed we had like a whole uh, timeline of how things were going to work. Yeah, and here's here's how it's you know the worst case scenario is we're going to have to go off to do some, like different events and exhibitions and trying to sell the idea. Trade shows, done it, all that it, yeah, pitches, and, and it hasn't. It it's worked a lot faster. Yeah. So that's what I meant. I didn't mean there's no uh, work yeah, been no, put fan, into it. The weeks a bit. No, yeah. Months, years. Just sitting there eating a pear with my fucking feet <laughs> up on the table. Oh, Dave! Yeah, it's good. Are we uh, making money? Yeah, it's good you got that money, Mac. Yeah. Can you got more? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, when am I getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my share? But it's, no, but, but yeah, the only reason we've done that is because of how prepared we were, isn't it? Yeah, so we, yeah, definitely. We proved we can do it. So and it was weird how investors started coming to us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. somebody saw our shorts on YouTube, got in touch. We put. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about the sources of where? You- yes, yeah, there's this really good thing called filmmarkethub.com, which is kind of like it's like an online film market where you put your poster up, you put your details, you have a concept trailer yeah. if you've got one. Uh, we put embers on there. Um, and what people do is they can look through it and producers, you can, re- you can request what you need. You might need a director, or, you know, if you're just mm. a producer or a writer. We put, we need financing, distribution and sales agents. And so it's a good way of finding pe- producers and stuff to get on board. But also, um, and I'm not saying you will get hundreds, I think it costs like £70 to be on it, I think. But we said there was money, I say it was money well spent. We didn't get loads and loads of people. We got one person interested from it because what they do is somebody requests interest so that, yeah. and they, that lets you release all the materials you've got so they can have the script and the storyboard and the info pack and everything we did. Um, but we got that one for one, didn't we? Yeah. That, that yeah. one became a... But that was that was just when we were right at the end because we literally just said we just, want, we just need finance, we don't need... But if you're looking for producing partners, if... It, it, I'd actually really recommend doing it. As I say, it's only seventy quid might sound a lot if you you know if you've got nothing, but it's money well spent. And end of the day, your films online, and it also they also do things like um, they have these like pitch days. I think it's called what was that? What was it? The, uh, oh yeah, the UK online pitch box. I oh think that's yeah, the UK I one. That one. So it's kind of what they do with there because I think we got an honourable mention with that. So I think they had like a thousand people applying for it. Um, and they have like a top 10 where that top 10 are then able to pitch for distribution companies, sales agents, producers, film exec, people who can invest in your film. So, um, and then if you can't do that, you become an honorable mention. So you're not there on the day doing face-to-face pitches, but 
uh, they put uh, like a profile up and on that day to day, they give, they give that details out. So I think, and we got that. So out of the thousand people we were in the, I think there's like 10 go to the day and then 10 honorable mentions, which is still pretty good, but, no, yeah. um, you got stuff from that as well. So it's look for anything, which is like pitch days, like, do you know, the void, me, yeah, you, yeah, me yeah. and you are big fans of the void and you, they got lots of funding in Canada where there was, wasn't anything to do with film companies. It was actually um, just investors. Do you want know like investors turn up to a day and then some guy comes out with his new product, some guy comes out with his service and like a Dragon's Den or a Shark's Tank type thing, they, they then bid or whatever and then afterwards. And they went with their film, but they just went with an amazing sizzle yes, reel. Yeah, they had a really good concept. And a really good one because it kind of just reminded everybody of the 80s horrors. They're like, oh yeah, I want to be in that. And, some, and, then, and they didn't ask for a crazy amount of money. So some investors are just like, that would just be cool to be a part of that project. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you'll be surprised that some people do that. And, a, and the final point on this point, which we came across, which especially when you said um, well, it, it was easy for us. And that's not just how, about how prepared we are, but the script was actually good. So you need to get lots of feedback on your script because what they said was, because there was a couple of investors where I was like, well, what would you change? Because, you know, could you hear all these Hollywood nightmare stories of they changed everything so i was like okay he's giving me loads of compliments so let's get the uh, bad news out of him and he's just like no no nothing and then i was like i'm skeptical he's up to something <laughs> uh, but it, it was just i was like you must need some and he's like well we can always work on it together every, every script in the world needs improvement but this is brilliant and i was like okay but he, i was kind of like getting a get out of him saying you got to say something and he was just like right you need to understand that 90 percent of stuff that land on my desk is just shit it's just garbage it's some guy wrote it and it's just terrible to get a script and read it and it actually being good i i've just yeah you've instantly got me and the fact that i've looked and seen how prepared you are that your this film is so you've got this amazing script and you're good to go with this. You've got a team ready. You you just need the money, and you're good Story to go. Storyboarded. You got storyboarded. You got this. I understand this. You've got the budget together. That you so you're not asking for a ridiculous mm. amount of money. Let's do it. And it's you're taking all of the risk out of it because it, it's like it's like you, your salesman taking all the risk out of the sales, so to speak. Um, because there is a lot of trust with film. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, investing and they, a lot of trust. Yeah, so they've got to trust you that you can actually do it. So again, if you can prove with the info pack and the storyboards and proving you can do it, plus a script which you've got lots of feedback. Because my first draft was shite. It was, was kind of like... Long. It was very long. Um, <laughs> I think you can't put a length on quality. Um, you, you, but that was when sitting with you guys, yeah. and then, because there's no mystique to me, and you know, it's, it's right, you need to improve this, let's take that. So we worked on it together, then I go back and do... Uh, another draft and then I spend four months drafting my own draft and then changing and doing yeah. all of that budget type stuff of changing two characters to one and blah 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 so that script is pretty watertight and we and we forget if it's any good because occasionally things happen where it's like oh god this new idea for a script but then you're like no no stop doing that let's make sure we get this friggin' obviously get it done but don't forget what we've done as a re it's a really good script that yeah we worked on together. We've got third-party people like a casting director and producers and all that to give us feedback of what to improve. And they were all good points rather than just us being, oh, artists, this is our script, don't change it. If there's a good point, we agreed you with it. Take on. You did it. So, it's kind of, so that's like a quality check. Yeah. We didn't just come up with a script and do it. But that's, so you, need the, you do need a good script plus the proof with this info pack and all that that you can actually do it. Yeah. So 
is there a place then where if you want to get like a non-biased uh, critique of your work, is there a place or a website that you could uh, send that script uh, to? Oh yeah, we, uh, blacklist. It's, it's um, uh, I think it's blacklist.com if you search for it. Yeah. Um, it's not an ad or anything. It does cost you to get it re- reviewed, um, and and we like we did that. I think it cost fifty quid or something. It takes yeah. a couple of weeks. You give them the genre of the type of film. They try and find somebody in the industry who's got experience with that genre. Um, and I'll give you, uh, they give you like a score out of 10. I think we got seven out of 10 from them when we did yeah, it. Yeah, because you didn't do it for Patreon. Did you do it for another uh, No, that was Patreon. That was Patreon. Was that Patreon? Yeah, seven out of 10 for Patreon. Okay. So seven. Yeah, it's, it's if you've got a seven on IMDb, I'd be pretty sweet with that. Yeah, That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. Um, you want to do five, really. Do. Um, but they gave all the good points, which is like, this is what's great about it. And obviously we put that into our info pack. And yeah. so that was another kind of like testimonial, sort mm-hmm. of speak, for our work. Uh, might not have put all the cons in it in with it, but but there's a little bit about it with the cons where I say some were being picky, but there's a couple of points there which was actually really helpful, was worth the money itself. There's a couple of bits about the character which is just kind of like, oh, it would have been great if this happened, this, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's a good point. So again, third party, um, and I know we keep saying, oh, it only costs seventy quid, and this costs seventy quid, and this costs fifty quid. And and I'm sorry, but it's dependent on. Do you want to make a short film, which is on YouTube, or do you want to make a feature film? Yeah, yeah. Feature films are not cheap. That's to say, we have done the bare bones, haven't we, in terms of mm-hmm. like the budget. Like that's to say, bare bones. Thing, and it's like and that was four hundred grand. Yeah. And four hundred grand doesn't sound like a lot of money in terms of filmmaking. But go out and make four hundred grand this week. Go on, I dare you. It's just it's an insane amount of money, and that's before we've added in then the producers have got to come in, and it's going to add to their costs. Mm-hmm. We're going to get more funding for. But the thing is, we got that 400 grand and then we started snowballing it from there. We got a bit more funding from here, a bit more. As long as they're obviously, you don't want to say yes. Don't say yes to every offer you get as well. That's the other thing. I think a lot of filmmakers might be. If you, I think if you get one offer, you're going to get another one. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you want to make sure, which is another reason why that, again, could you write a contract and get a solicitor to read it? They might turn around and say, you are being ripped off here, mm-hmm. mate. Um, so... If you're serious about it, you've got to spend money. Yeah, money. which is it's not ideal, but it's that's why you need to find partners. And yeah. filmmaking is a team sport, so you've got to have a t- like we're a team producing this, and obviously we're not taking a massive wage to do the film. We're going to be more back end, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so you're probably going to have to do most of that. I don't expect to get a really good wage on that film you're going to do, but you want to get paid something, obviously, to cover your cover your costs. Um, but actors aren't going to do that you might get you might get some but i wouldn't go in there with that you know um but so and and the kind of the uh i mean so it's really it's kind of like it's preparation it's writing a project you can actually do find places like film market or any kind of investments there's little, there's there's a um, there's a book called Bankroll, which is really good read. Um, which is little things like it gives you little tips for. If you just Google Bankroll, I can't mm. remember the name of the um, writer, but there's things like, a pre- if you if you're struggling for the normal kind of investment, like a studio or public funding or or a film investor or producer, there's things like people they lists people who are like always investing but enjoy a bit of risk, and apparently like we haven't done it, but like poker players. Yeah, so yeah. So you get like a professional poker player, 
a bit of money to th- the good ones. Do you know what I mean? They don't have agents and stuff. You could probably just email them or contact them on social media. Well, don't go, hello, I'm a, give me 100 grand. You've got yeah. you to think of a you plan. you got to have a plan. Yeah, become friendly with them first. Um, and they're not going to give you millions, but if you need 10 grand, a, a professional poker player has just come out of it. They're all, because they would look at it, because their mind frame is gambling. And you explain to them, you give me 10 grand, I might be able to give you 20 grand back and... Six months, 12 months, that's not a bad investment. Let's do it. They might have the cash in their pocket as well. Um, so bankrolls are good. But uh, uh, but have a fully professional budget. Use the right software or, or if you can afford it. If not, just look at what a professional one looks like. And I'm sure there's things on Google, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. YouTube would be, be stuff. Um, and... Uh, and surround yourself with a good team. Because at the end of the day, we wouldn't do this if it wasn't a team of us. Or we, if I was like, I've got this script and I was just out there by myself. My do, I think it would take years, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, uh, even the fact that we have, say if we didn't even have a production company, do you know what I mean? But I still yeah. have, I've got Scott who's going to be a producer, but he's also post-production visual effects expert. Got, I started, but we've got this team saying, look, we're going to do it. As soon as you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. People, that's when people don't take you seriously. Do you know what I mean? Filmmaking's a team sport. That's yeah. And um, I've actually done that to my detriment a couple of times where like we're talking with like film Wales and I'm Welsh and they're kind of like, no, you need to talk about you more because you're Welsh. Your, your team's friggin' English. Make sure you talk about you. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm, I've just got into the habit of, you know, the, the team. And But yeah, so if you're going into any application, you've got to have people around you and you can't make the amount of people I've contacted us on our Instagram and stuff like that going, have you got any advice? I've got this t- I'm trying to make a film by myself. And I'm like, how are you freaking hell are you doing that? You know, I can see who, I think there was one guy who got in touch, bless him. And, and all, all power to him because at least he's doing it. The amount of people go, oh, what a pillock, but he, he's doing it. Where's your film? Um, but he was like setting up the camera and acting it and then checking if the take was all right. And I was like, fair play for you for yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you you can't do that. You can't do that. Just get one other person. Do you know what I mean? But I think he was really struggling. Um, but if you're listening, mate, fair play to you. I bet you're probably he's probably freaking making ten million quid films now. He, he just did it and got there. And, um, but yeah, team. Just surround yourself with the team. That's the best you can do, really. But um, yeah, have you got any other points on? No, I think investment and. You could probably go like split into another podcast and doing like distribution. Oh yeah, we'll we'll, like we'll go into a lot more. Yeah, as soon as we get into dealing with sales agents, that'll yeah. be a one by itself in terms of getting it distributed. Pros and cons of going through an investor instead of like crowdfunding and stuff like that. That'll be a good one. Yeah, uh, you could have a, you can do one fully on crowdfunding. We haven't done any crowdfunding yet, and I don't think we will unless there's some kind of an emergency. And that's what most people say Kickstarter should be. You shouldn't be like, I need a million quid to make a film. You need again the void. Perfect. They they did got that last bit of film and they said we need say something like I think they need something like fifty grand just for their practical effects yeah. and they showed their their show the what's it called sizzle, the sizzle reel. reel with showing awesome practical effects so everybody just went oh I, I love that kind of horror and I think they made something like two hundred three hundred grand because yeah. it was um, but that's how you do Kickstarters is you ask for like I heard some, yeah I heard somebody say. Your, kick, your Kickstarter or whatever should be the get us over the finish line, guys. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's like, you've been following us all this time. We've just found this composer and he, we've only got two grand left. He says he'll do it. For, he's, you know, he's doing his half rate of usually, but that's still four grand. Mm. 
we need two grand, that's when people will go, yeah, we'll help you. It's when you're at the beginning going, I got this idea, could you give me a million pound please? Mm. That's people that there's a, there's a, and there's a million of them on Kickstarter and stuff like that. So that's the problem. So it's kind of if you go in, but we could do a whole one in crowdfunding. Yeah, right? yeah. And, um, fingers crossed, we won't need it. But we, you never know. It, we might there might be something in terms of if we need to go to America and do this, that, and the other help us. Um, but we're not going to pay for it. For we're us, not please. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try to do. That's what advertising on this podcast does. <laughs> um, because if anybody, yes, all of our advertising and things like that does actually all go into Patriarch as well and. There is that, uh, mostly T-shirts, mostly. And if you get any T-shirts for them, all profits of that go, does go into Patriarch as well because we set that up. So we thought rather than any funding, that does really help um, in terms of getting it done quick and any help on there. Would, we would appreciate it and give you some little treats for that as well. Cool. All right, and before we wrap it up, we'll, uh, we'd like to give you a couple of hidden gem recomm- film recommendations. Um, so... What's your first one, Scott? What have you got? What's your well, only one? Of well, this is the, and this is the kind of the last after this. I'm going to have to really start going back into my catalogue and right. trying to remember things. But mine is uh, Monkey Bone. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have, have you seen it? A long, long time yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I I've, I bought this on DVD years and years and years ago, and then haven't watched DVDs for years and years yeah, and years. Yeah. So yeah, my uh, my wife was going through the DVDs and asked what it was. And so I said, uh, it's, it's hard to describe. You're going to have to just watch it because you won't want to watch it if I tell you what it's about. So, yeah, we sat down <laughs> through it. And but it's directed by Henry Selleck, the guy who did um, the Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's, it's in that similar sort of style. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, stop motion animation. So, so there's like a... Basically, the story is uh, a cartoonist uh, becomes famous for writing uh, this little <laughs> animation. <laughs> monkey bone. So yeah, cartoons becomes famous for writing uh, a comic called Monkey Bone. Um, but he's like this introvert kind of character, doesn't like the fame or anything like that. All of a sudden he gets into an accident uh, and finds out he's gone to like limbo, kind of place like that. And that's where all the kind of stop motion animation kind of comes in. And he finds out that his character monkey bone is a character down there and there's the whole shenanigans of like he's stuck down there the monkey bone's taking his body in in real life and so monkey bone's just this kind of rude and crude character <laughs> and it's hilarious i was like it sounds watched... like a da- if you if you didn't say it's hilarious it sounds like some dark psychedelic descent into madness there is there's there's scenes where it's really really crazy and there's big name people you know brendan fraser i think that was probably one of his last Decent films. Uh, well, that's when he was like mummy star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose McGowan's in it. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda's in it. Yeah, there's, there's some <laughs> names that you wouldn't have thought would be in a film like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember watching it and uh, there's the part where he goes into, into limbo and it goes into that kind of thing. And my wife was like, why have I not heard of this film? But it's brilliant. It is a, it's a really, really good It is film. funny. It's, it is It is funny. really, really funny. It's, if you're looking it just, it just, for, it just to sit back me, and laugh. It just took me by surprise. Monkey, no, yeah, monkey yeah. bone took me by surprise. That's all. That's all. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, my one is, I thought, I did have another Yours is a bit more serious, I think. Well, yes. No, it's Beyond the Black Rainbow. <laughs> so this is like, if you want... If you, it's kind of like... What a contrast. If you, if you imagine what yours is... If you imagine that dark psychedelic descent into madness, which could have been Monkey Bone, yeah. that that is in a seriousness what Beyond the Black Rainbow is. Um, 
It's the story, it says on IMDb, is despite under heavy meditation, oh God, meditate. Despite under heavy sedation, a young woman tries to make her way out of the Arboria Institute, a secluded quasi-futuristic commune, which is, it's really hard to describe because yeah. it's very kind of psychedelic. It's very, it's, it's a simple story of it's basically this girl who kind of works out that she's got some kind of like Akira type psychic powers and she's been left in this um uh she's been left in this facility which kind of like slowly and explains where she's where she's come from but the style of it is really interesting the director says that it's what they thought the future would look like in the it was filmed like five ten years ago i can't remember but it's saying like the style of it is as if the film was made in the 70s or 80s and what the what they thought the 90s would look like (laughs) so it's kind of like this weird it looks like it's a film made in the 80s but look in that weird kind of futuristic type way but it's one of those films where there's barely any dialogue it's all stares and very david lynch very yeah yeah um the director's just gone on to do have you heard of mandy with with nicholas cage yes which is equally as bonkers and and that's more bonkers but um isn't his name like like Cosmic, cosmic or something. Cosmic. <laughs> it's, I think it's the Greek cosmic. Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. But he's, uh, I think he's a son of a director. Yeah, the guy who directed Tombstone. Really? Yeah. But yeah, so it must be a while back. But I think some of the money from Tombstone might have paid for Black, Beyond the Black Jeez. Rainbow years later. But it's like it's a good horror. It's a bit very... Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Um and it's, very, it's it's low budget, but it's amazingly filmed. The style of it is it's not for everybody. No, yeah. But it's like if you mentioned last week, you like the fountain. fountain. If if you like the fountain, you like that kind of. If you like David Lynch films, kind of weird and strange and Twin Peaksy. You come out of the film still thinking about the film, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but I like those type of films. Yeah. So I think I like to come out and talk about the film afterwards, where you'd come out of that and you would go. What did you think that meant? You know what I mean? I think everybody can look at it a different way. So if you're interested in kind of cool, well-made, I think if you're a filmmaker, it's good because it's low budget, but quality. And it's kind of creepy in parts. And it's it's the complete opposite of Monkey, Monkey Bone. Bone. Oh. <laughs> right, so. But which one's better? Well, there you go. We'll let him fight. All right. Well, so thanks for your time, guys. Thanks for your time, Scott. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. So we will see you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. To find out more about the making of Patriarch, follow the team on social by searching Patriarch Movie on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Or visit patriarch-movie.com for more information. This podcast is sponsored by Zimplify, sales and marketing automation software that helps your business grow fast. Go to zimplify.com forward slash patriarch to get 20% off your first three months. That's zymplify.com forward slash patriarch. We're also sponsored by Mostly T-shirts, mostly.com. Fun and random T-shirts and hoodies for real film fans. See if you can get the references. Visit mostlytshirtsmostly.com to buy your next favourite T-shirt. This podcast was produced by Wagyu Films.